Hello, 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 and welcome to Quest Me, the Star Wars podcast brought to you by the Twist My Arm Network. My name is Josh, and I'm your forever host and creator of the TMA Network. You can find all of your favorite shows like Sudden But Inevitable, Marvel Can of Madness, The Intrepid DM Journeys, Best Flicks with Ricky D, and Quest Me, all at twistmyarm.net. We are live today as per usual, so thank you all for joining us in the live chat. Looks like Jesse's there. Looks like, is that uh, Roy? No, Roy's not there. Roy's Roy's somewhere else. Um, but uh, thank you guys for joining us live, and for those of you listening in the podcast realm, you can join us on Tuesdays, well, for one more Tuesday um, at about... 8.30 Mountain Standard Time. Next week it'll be at 8.30 Mountain Time. This week's a little earlier because it's more on Nebraska time this week. So, again, next week, youtube.com slash Podcast. Join us on Tuesday for the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you can also join us on Fridays at 8.30 Mountain Standard Time for Sudden But Inevitable. This week we are breaking down episode 5 of the Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. But before we can do that, obviously, I need to bring in my lovely co-host. His name is Justin. How are you today? Oh, my God. What is that in your wow. camera? That is a fancy new microphone. Listen to you. I know. Oh, it's wonderful. Now all I need is headphones. But these work fine. I mean, you you got headphones, but yeah it sounds it I just sounds want to look great. like you man it sounds... I want to look like you <laughs> <laughs> it sounds wonderful so how how's your week been i just want to hear you talk for a minute how, how's how's the week been oh well i was very upset we we had to cut last episode uh short uh i had a call that took from the end of the what like nine o'clock all the way to one o'clock at night oh wow or in the morning sorry wow but uh yeah that that was a pissed off call i was very angry oh, well hey man you're a real life hero so you gotta go take care of that business you i'm know? not a hero i just do my job <laughs> i do my 48 and then that's it yeah that's exactly damn well, that's exactly what captain america would say so just just saying uh <laughs> jesse says my word no, fire josh he wants just you now justin so Ooh. mike is sounding great i'm assuming um you want to hear something good jesse i watch more star trek <laughs> <laughs> we're not here to talk about that i am gonna be on i know we're all about star wars right now i'm gonna be on jesse's show this week finally for um open pike night it's gonna be wonderful i'm excited to talk about that with those guys that's such a fun fun podcast to be a, a part of you can do it every week you can just call them and give them your thoughts on on the the show of that week like and i i gotta i gotta gush a little bit because it's it's very like brilliant the way that he did it especially being someone that has played open mic nights for a long time um to 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 run the show like an open mic night where you have someone coming on the stage and giving their story or whatever it is is genius and i love it and if you haven't been a part of it yet or listened to it go check it out open pike night and if you like star trek and stuff you can actually like be on their show so so call them and or send them a message and stuff and Give them your thoughts. But enough gushing on that. Um, let's bring in the next two guests. I actually mentioned both of their podcasts because they're they're both part of the Twist My Arm Network. So I'm going to do it at the same time. We got Chip and Roy 
both from the Marvel Canon Madness podcast, but also Roy does his own podcast called The Intrepid DM Journeys. How are you guys? I am doing fantastic, and as usual, I'll go ahead and speak for Roy. He's doing well too. He's a couple beers in. <laughs> He's a couple drinks in. He's feeling good. He's ready to roll, and so am I. Ready to talk about some Kenobes. Roy's over there. He's he's choking on his drink. Don't don't do that, Chip. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I made my I made my fortitude save. Uh, yeah. No, I. I've been good. I've been good. Uh, I made my astrology check and I made my way to the to the Quest Me podcast. So yay! Yeah, Isn't that on my end. It's, uh, it's been a minute since we've all Roll podcasted. Uh, Marvel Canon Madness has been out for a minute just because I think uh, Moon Knight exhausted us, and we—I mean, we've all just been a little tired. So. What are we? We're planning on doing what? Some Miss Marvel talk, I think, here in the next couple of weeks. Whether it be the whole season or a few episodes yeah. at a time. Uh, you know, it, it's been one of those seasons where it's it's honestly hard to pay attention. I, I'm just not invested in the character, so it's as, that as a it's that ahead. it's that fatigue. We we it talked is. about that kind of i don't know on some other shows we've talked about the fatigue where you know marvel's starting to get it star wars is starting to get it like it's just so much content coming out all the time i think i mm. think that's a bit of it and i think the three of us kind of talked about it that uh for this show specifically we're gonna i think we're gonna sit down and just review the whole series as one go um pretty much because Josh, I don't know about you, but I have limited knowledge on the character. <laughs> so it's like I have no idea. Chip's gonna have to. Run I know. I know show. Chip is all about her, but it's <laughs> it is what it is. We'll <laughs> review it because we don't know much. Chip is like, what the f? Isn't that isn't Miss Marvel like your favorite character, Chip? I I like her. I'm really fond of her. She's definitely not like my favorite character. Uh, certainly won't okay. front like that but i like her a lot and uh i really enjoy champions and new avengers which like she's kind of a linchpin of so huh. okay. i just don't like what they did with her like don't give her energy project projection nonsense like why can't you just make her rubber come on <laughs> well they gotta they gotta connect everything somehow right but yeah Either way, we're here to talk about Kenobi because there, there's a lot to talk about in this episode, and I'm excited to to break it down. Um, it just keeps things keep happening that are really cool. There's some things in this episode that were a little uh, weird to me, um, but we'll obviously talk about those. Um, usually, at this point of the show, I go through some corrections from last week, but I didn't have many of those um that i can't bring up during the show so i wanted to give the floor to justin for a minute because last week he did have to leave abruptly um during kind of some heated debates so oh, oh yeah i know he had a couple <laughs> things that he wanted to just kind of clear up and say from last week so justin the floor is yours my friend there thank you very very much so I, I wanted to first talk about some of the little points that I, I found out throughout the episode. 
do you guys know the character Ro- uh, Roken? Yeah, yeah. Ice Cube Jr. Sort of, yeah, the yeah, 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 the rebel leader. Yeah. So well, yeah. I noticed when he was talking to Kenobi, he said general. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was strange. Not a lot of people would remember him from those days. So that was like a cool Easter egg just to quickly catch. Yeah, I wonder how old he is. Because if he was maybe part of the battle efforts or something, he might have heard of General Kenobi. Or if he was, you know, he worked at the clone troopers or something like that. Who knows? He could have been part of the gorillas as well. Yeah. I mean, he, he looks fairly young. And a lot of those gorillas were young kids. Yeah. So, and I can't, um, it's Forrest Whitaker's character. Saw Guerrera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, I I made an, I, I came up with an, an interesting analogy with uh, Kenobi having problems using in, uh, the Force. So I compared uh, Vader to the past. Like, he has worries about it. There's a lack of confidence from uh, trying to face him. And then it was Leia with the present. Uh, Same thing. He has a worry for her. She's the new, I guess, I don't want to say liability because I come up with a, I can't come up with a better term. But, um, (laughs) yeah, that was great. Uh, And then uh, Luke. Luke is going to be the future because that's just where the show is eventually going to turn up to. But uh, I thought that analogy made sense, and it was interesting. You're, and you're to bring so up. you're you're saying that Kenobi, kind of like his past, present, and future is linked to all the Skywalkers. Yep. That that makes it, a, it's that cool. makes a lot of sense. That dude is just tied to the Skywalkers. He cannot get away. Could you imagine if Ray was was a Kenobi? Holy shit! The whole Kenobi family wouldn't be able to get away from the freaking Skywalkers. <laughs> Now, uh, Ewan, Ewan did lines for Rise of Skywalker, didn't he? I mean... They took his and McGinnis's, uh voice? They, like, spliced him up. I don't think they actually returned to do those parts. I, I thought they, there I was... I mean, obviously, Alec Guinness didn't, but... Uh, I thought there Ewan was Mc... an interview where Ewan said he did. He, I mean, he, he might have. I know that they took some old dialogue from things, like... I think there was some Ahsoka dialogue in there and stuff that they had cut in, but then they had also had some actors come in and say things. So it's very possible. Mm-hmm. I what just thought it was weird that a, a, oh. uh, Ayla Secura voice came in through that. It was just yeah. one of those things. How do we know it's her? Because we watched Clone <laughs> but, Wars. Um, <laughs> was it the same voice? I I would assume so. I fact checked on it. probably and then i have a question to pose the group what does the torture droid actually freaking do because it has those pointy things that come into your eyes and like things that shock you but like when we saw han come out of the torture chamber unscathed so i have no idea it's all psychological yeah i mean (laughs) i'm gonna get the needle like in like a centimeter from your eye and i'm not actually going to do anything no i think I don't know. go for it chip what do you what do you think i don't know <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um if all you're trying to do is like 
cause pain for no reason because they didn't even ask questions he says um <laughs> so like if you're just trying to cause pain for no reason i mean maybe they have like a little faces maybe they have like a little uh tub with like a face worth of bacta they just like burn the <laughs> crap out of him and just dip his uh -huh. face in bacta and then just burn the crap out of him and dip his face in bacta if you get electrocuted are there marks that, left torture Hmm? If well, you, yeah, it can burn. But if you're just yeah, getting like a boba, if you're just getting like little tiny zaps here and there, does it leave marks? I would I think mean, it'd be like a cigarette lighter wherever it contacted. I think if it's okay. enough to cause pain, it's in, like it's burning you. Hmm. All right. Uh, I believe in uh, lightning is still a form of burning. So okay. yeah, aren't Aren't the torture droids just modified uh, medical droids? <laughs> I think I, I can't. I can't That's, be sure. I think you might be right. That sounds you right. Could, could look that up. Would that be? That'd be pretty Ill. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure there was a psychotic medical droid in one of the Knights of the Old Republic games. I'm just like you pop them in one of these. Uh, yeah, you're fans. right. In a uh, Kotar, Kotor two. Yeah, I, I don't remember its name or call sign, but yeah, I do. Yeah, that's confirmed. Okay, here we go. So interrogator droids, also referred to as interrogation droids or torture droids, were droids designed to coax sensitive information out of an individual by inflicting extreme pain upon them. Some models, such as the ITO interrogation, used mind probes to torture their victims. So maybe Ooh, those little things that come into your eyes, like you were saying that they were doing to Leia, is more of a psychological thing. Mm -hmm. That would be that would be my guess. Um, I'm glad a little we, bit. you confirmed it. Yeah. So we got Jesse says Rogue One was pretty cool. Sorry, let me just get this chat thing really quick. Rogue One was pretty cool. He also says it's pronounced E Wayne. Okay. E E. e Ewan? Isn't it Ewan? E I mean, I'll take Ewan, e though. Ewan. E <laughs> <laughs> and why are Obi-Wan's midi-chlorian levels so low? Shouldn't he be loaded with midi-chlorians? Now I feel like you're trolling. Midi-chlorians. <laughs> oh, man. I can get into that, but no. What else did you have from episode four, Justin? Uh, it's just a few Easter eggs. So I noticed uh, the... Rava kept on saying they're on the planet Florum, and I, I call, I recall back in the back of the, my my mind that that's uh, definitely a callback from Clone Wars. And then I researched it, and it was fucking uh, Hondo's planet. Huh. And hopefully, this is like a little cue that they're gonna bring him back in uh, IRL. I'd love to see him in live action. Mm -hmm. And then I'd be I'd be cool with that. I'd be cool with did that. Did you know? <laughs> did you know? Did you know that I thought it was super funny that uh they said the uh, Inquisitorious Fortress or whatever the hell that Fortress you say Inquisitorious. That. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That that tongue twister there. That this they mentioned that it has like no defense or protection against invasion, but that was the second time that it, that fortress was uh, uh, sieged. 
penetrated over. Yeah, it wasn't sieged or taken over. It was penetrated. Uh, Breached. Breached. There we go. That's better. Uh, Compromise. That's better. But it's not like it's not like a video game. And yeah, and Jedi Fallen Order, and it's not like it. See, I don't remember what happened in Fallen Order. To be honest with you, did he like blow it up or anything? No, the exact uh, same just, thing uh, happened. Some water came in. Okay, so but, uh, so in, just some in, some damage happened. Yeah, in the video game, Vader had to like hold off the water and push it away from him. But uh, you know, in the show, it was Obes Kenobi. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. But either way, it wasn't like it was taken over by a bunch of rebels or something like that. It's too close to Mustafar to, to be done dirty like that. What else you got, Justin? Anything else from episode four? No, that was that's about it. I just thought that that was some of the darkest Star Wars content we've ever witnessed. Yeah, especially that, that was brutal. I know the I know you had a lot of things about the tombs, but uh, uh, those are. I'll bring that up another time. We'll talk I'm about not those complete on that theory. Justin had this not crazy tunes. theory that he sent to me, and I had to ask him questions about it. And then <laughs> it, it started falling apart. So I'll have to get back to you on that. <laughs> Got to do some research. But let, let's get on to the That's newest okay. episode, episode five. I am down with that. Um, so this episode was it was good. <laughs> No, um, basically it's a it's another, it's kind of a typical plot point for a lot of stories where oh man the bad guy's coming we're trapped here we have to break out somehow. Um, obviously they had the uh, Riva had put a tracker on Leia's droid, and so they knew exactly where they were, um, and Vader and his Star Destroyer, which by the way is badass um what's it called i cannot remember i'll have to, I'll have to find it but um we were in vader star destroyer when you know he goes and attacks this this little rebel outpost and there's a lot of action that happens there's a lot of death that happens in this one um and there's kind of a lot of like revenge aspects in this i do want to point out before we get too far, that I was right in a way. In a certain point of view, I was right about Reva and Obi-Wan kind of teaming up. In a, in a way. But let's first start out. I want to talk about Leia um, because she didn't have a huge part in this episode. And it was kind of an interesting way to hide her from everything else you know what i mean like she was hidden away from all the battle all the stuff all the all the action she was up here fidgeting in this in this air duct trying to fix basically the the entire rebel base um what i want to ask specifically and let's let's start with uh let's start with roy um what did you think about leia just immediately finding the uh the the thing on the droid god with the straight the, the restraint bolt. bolt yeah restraining bolt like it was almost immediate 
I wouldn't say it was immediate because I mean, honestly, they they've panned back and forth. There were like three like three times while she's digging through all this stuff, and you can see Lola, I think it is, behind yep. the wires hiding from her. Mm-hmm. But once she actually gets close to where she's supposed to be, and she's doing this without light, that's when Lola comes out and starts messing with her, and she gets a hold of her, and you know, you can see the the puzzled look why you know why are you What's acting happening like this? and that she i don't think it's too far of a stretch because she knew that reva was messing with it reva fixed it yeah you know if it's acting weird it wouldn't be a leap of logic to be like hey what's wrong with you oh there's something that shouldn't be here it, it seemed pretty clear to me like well it, let me let me divert this to Justin then. Justin, as a ten year old kid, if a droid attacked you, would you hold on to it or throw it against the wall? Because I'm pretty sure I would have thrown that thing against the wall and been like, "Well, you've been fixed twice in the last forty eight hours. We'll fix you again." Oh, Justin, smash! <laughs> <laughs> I would throw that thing and stomp on it. It's it's done. It's KO'd. It's <laughs> KO'd. Chip, would you do the same thing? Would you just throw that thing against the wall? I mean, probably, like, in the moment you're getting attacked, what do you do? Like, pick something up and bash it. (laughs) Right. And I guess that's kind of my point of this, is Leia, as a 10-year-old child, is still brilliant. She still, like, uses her brain before she reacts. And, it, I mean, I guess kind of in this episode, she she immediately you know when they were talking about uh the wires needed to be fixed she's like give me a ladder like that's a little i don't know if she really knew what she was doing there but she was she knew that she was the only one that could fit up there and that if they had a chance it had to be her so it was like you know she's taking that she's just so much of a adult for a 10 year old and so much of the princess leia that that we know and love justin what you got so are the, the way you stated the question, it sort of sounded like you were insinuating uh, Ben or Kenobi just followed up with, you should trust her, because I do, to hide her in that ventilation shaft. I mean, it, it, it could have been something. I think Obi-Wan, like we were talking about a little bit ago, Obi-Wan has been around the Skywalkers for so long. I think that he knows that she's a Skywalker and knows that those kids are brilliant because he was around Anakin for so long. And if they have any sort of, of this, any of the same smarts that Anakin did, they would be able to fix things. I mean, look, Anakin built a pod racer when he was, you know, nine years old. He built C-3PO when he was Mm -hmm. eight, nine years Mm -hmm. old. So why wouldn't Leia be able to go up there and reconnect some wires? And I, I think that's kind of what, what gave him that. Because at first I was like, oh, that's weird that he's like, I trust her. But then I'm thinking about it and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, he trusted Anakin with his life all the time. And I I would almost guess that the reason he's doing if it was just some random 10-year-old girl, it probably would be a lot different. But since it's Leia and it's of Skywalker blood, I, I would I would assume that's, that's why that happens. Um, yes, Roy. Okay, so real quick, going back to Lola. I'm going to argue this point with you guys because of the fact that throughout the series, she has treated Lola like a pet. A 10-year-old you 
would you chuck your cat against a wall? I don't think so. Plus, as you just said, the Skywalker bloodline with droids, right? Every person that has had a droid of the Skywalker line has treated them like family. So for a family member to be acting weird, I can tell you <laughs> if one of my cats is acting weird and spazzing out in front of me while I'm trying to do something, I'm going to try and figure out what's wrong with that cat. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I have thrown my cat against the wall for clawing at my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible, but funny. So, like, not hard or anything. I wouldn't, I would say, <laughs> she's still alive. She's not broken or anything like that. But, I mean, like, the I don't Skywalker's know. I, show, they're a little more empathetic to, or I, I guess, uh, much empathetic to droids. The whole mm -hmm. first episode of, or I think first or second, of the guy talking trash to the droid or treating him wrong and her getting that quirky whip back. That's the perfect example. Mm -hmm. So great point. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick my dog over that. All right, Thank fine, you. fine. You contradicted everything. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing what you're doing. That's great. I love it. <laughs> Jesse has a real question. Do you think Lola is named after the Weird Al song Yoda, which is based on the song Lola? I do now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it'd be a good Easter egg. Yeah, I didn't for sure. Make that connection before, but now I'm gonna tell everybody it as if it was my <laughs> original thought. <laughs> so, oh man. Thanks. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they're on Jabim this whole time with, with all this stuff. And on Jabim, we get to see more of the Arabesh stuff. Um, and we also get to see a stash of lightsabers with all of mm -hmm. these people. It kind of seems, in, in a way, it seems like Jedi are giving up being a Jedi when they go through this jedi underground railroad thing or do you think these are dead jedi lightsabers that's what i thought Ch my first thought when i first saw that i was like oh crap there's like a bunch of jedi hiding out in this crowd and the empire's about to bite off way more than they thought but that's <laughs> not how it played out so i actually do think that it's probably like expired jedi's sabers which they... I would go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, Justin. Go for it. I would say the different. Um, it sounds like everyone's encouraging these current Jedi's to leave the uh, past behind them and just get rid of everything. That's what I how I initially saw it though. But now that you brought up that question, I'm I'm really uh, on the edge. I'm surprised you didn't translate all the all the writings on the wall, Justin. Or did I didn't you? have time. <laughs> didn't have time. Man, I guess it was Father's Day this weekend. Happy Father's Day to you guys, oh. by the way. Roy and Justin. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that was that was cool seeing seeing the Jedi writing. I I wish I would have had. I also didn't have time to translate any of that stuff. But I wish I would have had time to watch a video where they translated it all because I'm sure there's some pretty cool. Easter eggs on there, and one thing that I will probably go watch now that I'm talking about it after this show is one of the uh, 
breakdowns by probably I really like those guys at New Rock Stars. I think they do really good with their breakdowns for for certain things. Um, not like they need a shout out from us, but here we are. So, not only do we get to see Jabim, we get to see a little bit more of Jabim. We get to see some of Vader's Star Destroyer, but we also get to see Coruscant. We get to see a really, really awesome training scene with throughout this whole episode between. Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, this predates episode three. Um, I believe it also has to predate the Clone Wars. I mean, it, I, I would think it's probably right before the Clone Wars happens, pops off, because Anakin still has his braid, and he also still... His rat the, tail. His rat tail, and they also still have the original lightsabers that they had. Um, so Anakin and Obi-Wan had different lightsabers at the beginning of episode two than they did at the end or at the beginning of episode three. Obviously, Anakin's gets crushed in the droid factory and Obi-Wan's gets taken from him and whatever it, it, it's gone. So would you, what's up, Roy? Also, Anakin has a hand. He does have a hand. You are correct. Ooh, I didn't yeah, notice that. I didn't even... I didn't even I was looking at the lightsabers. He, well, yeah, but if you look at it, it, it's distinctive from like the Clone Wars and Episode Three because he wears that glove. Right. He's not wearing the glove in the the yeah. scene, that so he's he does not he has not lost the hand yet. Yeah, yeah, because that's Duke, how I picked up picked it up. So Dooku to, takes his hand, right? Yep, mm-hmm. at the very end of uh, Episode Two, like right. When the Clone Wars begins, he does it. He's way cooler in like the non-movie content. Like, mm. who are you talking about, Dooku? Dooku? Dooku. Oh yeah, yeah. He was really cool in the uh, 2003 Clone Wars like anime special. Mm-hmm. That they, I don't. I always say anime. I don't think it was actually anime, but it was. It was really cool, Chip. What did you think of the whole Coruscant training montage scenes? What are your What were your thoughts on those? I liked it. I liked that it was uh, like it felt different than the Vader Obi Wan fight. Like they took the time to choreograph it differently. Like Vader in a suit does not fight like Anakin not wearing a suit. Like like we're I don't know. Vader is doing like the big slashes and then the coruscant fight was like was like back to being like the dance basically like the they flourish were, yeah like it those two fighting was awesome i like i don't know i i, I like that you bring that up because i think a lot of the fighting style was the same stuff that they had trained and learned for episode three just some of it was forgotten over the years you know, like those dudes worked forever with each other and choreographed that insane sword fight. And of course, you're going to remember some of it, right? And there was some of it in in this scene. Like, I mean, the, the back twirl that, that Anakin does in, mm. in the episode three. I bet Hayden Christensen still does that back twirl to this day. Like he'll be at his house, he'll be <laughs> drinking, he'll be like, yeah, man, when I was Anakin Skywalker, and just like twirling the lightsaber behind him and stuff like so there were things that they knew but it it, it just seemed like a very um broken dance because i would consider that that sword fight at the end of episode three the, the lightsaber fight was a dance 
And mm. this, what they did in this Coruscant scene was was the same dance, just missing a lot of steps. Roy, what did you think about the Coruscant scenes? When you said uh, when you said uh, he was just doing it at a a party or something, I'm just thinking of him going, "Hey guys, hey guys, look, I got a party trick." <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this this scene to me, so Disney has done a great job of the semi-series finale right the episode right before every disney one that they have done has been massive character development Mm -hmm. and explaining the characters more in depth than any other episodes and that's exactly what they're doing at this point is they're showing obi-wan teaching anakin a lesson and i feel like it's both of them remembering this at the same time because they keep panning back to one of them right before the scene. And it's, it's like they're having the same thoughts at the same time, remembering this specific instance Yeah, because Obi-Wan is expecting Anakin to rush in. Anakin is like, I'm not going to fall for that crap again, you know? And and low, like it's, I, I love that that you bring that up because it, you're absolutely right. The whole time that they're doing this, the flashbacks are correlating with the actual episode up until mm-hmm. the end when, when you see that last flashback and 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 Obi Wan beats Anakin. Anakin's like, "I have you beat," and he's like, "No, you don't." Like he he might as well have said, "Much to learn, you still have." Like might as well yeah. have said it, <laughs> both when he was in the flashback and when he was looking out the window in the escape pod giving anakin the finger going ha gotcha again because it 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 seemed like this this whole episode was obi-wan teaching anakin kind of two lessons or the same lesson Mm -hmm. twice right in from that point of view i also think this is anakin teaching obi-wan a lesson at this point because he's like i am not the same student you taught Right. Because he proves Obi-Wan wrong. He's like, I saw the betrayal coming. I saw what you would do. I knew you were going to do it. And I already set these things into line so that it wouldn't happen. And much like the lightsaber duel being a dance, these flashbacks are more like a mental dance for them. That's my thought. I, but I've I, had a few to drink. I could, I could see that. Justin, did you have any last thoughts on the on the Coruscant fighting scenes uh, or training scenes? Well articulated, uh, Roy. That that was the a way. That was a great way to bring it to like the beginning to the end and uh, piece it together. That was awesome. But uh, I I I couldn't notice but the fucking horrible CGI, man. I. I couldn't get over the fact that uh, at the time when I saw old, it was old Hayden, young Anakin. In my head, I just said, "Oh yeah." I what? Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> o, it's O for old, H for Hayden, Y for young, A for Anakin. So, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought I don't know. Like the, it was cool though. <laughs> the whole fight was cool. I, stroke brain, man. Stroke Jesse, brain. are you sure you just want Justin 
to to run this. <laughs> you know, I, you know, in Justin's defense, I feel like I get what he's saying, and I had the same thought. Like I was watching that scene the first time, and I looked over at Maggie and I said, "I feel like they didn't make him young enough. Like they should have kept de aging him." Like. So I, I, I get what you're saying. It's the mouth. It's like he needed another like seven or eight years off the top. Like, <laughs> like if I see wrinkles on your forehead, like that's not enough makeup or not enough budget to do some CGI editing. We can get like fifty I... years off Luke, but we can't get twelve <laughs> off of you. Like, thank you. Well, I mean. I didn't. I didn't think it was that bad. I could. T- I could definitely tell that Anakin yeah. was older. Like you could definitely tell that it was an older Hayden Christensen. But I, I think they did a, a fairly, fairly good job on it. I thought they did fine I, I with understand. the effect. I, th- I didn't think the CGI was like glaringly bad. I just thought they didn't de-age him enough. I was. I feel <laughs> like they. I feel like their target age should have been a little bit lower. I was like, okay. It's like they ran out of time or something. They're for... like. <laughs> they're like we're trying to get fifteen. They're they're like best we can do is twenty two. Twenty two, dog. I I feel like uh, in in the aspect of it, it was meant more for storytelling, and true fans are going to realize what it's what the purpose of it was. Uh, you get new fans coming in, and yeah, they're going to look at it and be like, he looks a lot older in that scene. Yeah, and. Uh, now, from a special effects point of view, uh, yes, his face was more rounded. That's due to age. And you can't real they can only tuck that in so much. You know, the Homer <laughs> scene where they're taking paper clips or clothesline clips. But one of the hardest things for like animators to do is to get rid of aging around the mouth. So where your cheeks raise or anything like that. It's just so hard to do that, no yeah. matter the type of animation, even with the little dots that they put on. So I I think they did fine from a, I, I'm here for the story. I'm not here for the graphics, you know, mm-hmm. Star Wars New Hope style fan. <laughs> so I, I get I get you want to say hey to Jeff in the chat. The... Jeff says his face was much more round. I could agree. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Justin, sorry, what were you going to I was going to say, uh, Roy, it was more of a observation, like on my third or fourth watch, after I enjoyed it for fun, uh, started taking a look at the anim- or, uh, CGI, the soundtrack, and then I just like, wow, that's the old Hayden. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I noticed it right away. I mean, yeah. it, it's glaringly obvious, but it's it's one of those things that, I really don't care because I love the story it's telling yeah, and I understand absolutely. the point of view. So I also think this, you know, this uh, episode or this series had a lower budget than most other series mm. that have come out. Cause Mandalorian, the first season of that had a pretty low budget and you could tell like, that's why they had to build, like invent a new screen to save money on, on graphics, you know? And so I, I think that maybe Obi-Wan suffered from a little less of a budget because um, there are a good amount of scenes, whether it be ships or like laser blasts or, or whatever it is, there's there's a lot of questionable CGI. But I also chalk that up to it being on like a TV show. 
You know, most TV mm-hmm. shows aren't going to have the same graphics that the movies have. So, I while, while there are some little tiny issues with the CGI, I think, in general, um, they did a really good job with, with mixing the CGI with the live-action stuff because there's still yeah. a lot of um, set pieces and things that they that they go off of and things like that. Um, but moving on from there, I wanted to talk about, we were talking about kind of the lessons that Anakin and Obi-Wan were learning through the whole thing. And it also kind of, it's a lesson for Reva as well. Um, a, a lesson to be more patient, I guess. Um, and Obi-Wan in a roundabout way taught her that by pretty much getting her killed. <laughs> so Obi-Wan in this was kind of kind of a dick. Like cuz you know he he fools Vader first of all and you, I I just can see him looking out the window and just going I fooled you. And then he tricks Reva into trying to kill Vader at the same time. And and I think that that was mainly a distraction point. He was like, okay, if I can do this, maybe Maybe she can distract him for enough time for us to get away or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what did you think about the scene of Obi yeah Obi Wan and Reva talking? It was right when Obi Wan gets captured, and Reva is talking to him about, um, "Will you be able to kill Anakin?" And you can just kind of see, you can see it in his face that he's like, "I don't really know. Will will I?" Justin, what what were you thinking about about that? What did you think was going to happen after they had that conversation? So after or after episode four, I was thinking that E, e- Wayne was e- going Wayne? to manipulate uh, Riva into some kind of alliance, and then it came down to it. I'm like, all right, this is going to happen. This is great, and then she underestimated him, and he just used her so i thought it was cool and interesting and it was a different take on uh like uh kenobi's path especially after he's not a jedi but it was a good one chip what about you what were your thoughts on that whole kind of obi-wan manipulating him into or her into uh distracting I think the way that you're wording it is putting like a very sinister and nefarious spin on my boy. I have a point Obi-Wan, for it, don't worry. And I don't I... believe that that was his intentions. <laughs> like he was talking like why don't we fight Vader? Like she's the one that got all impatient and like was not cooperative. So he had to slip away and then she decides now's the time to make my move. Like like she dumb. She should have been like, you know what? I think you're on to something here. We should probably stab Caesar. And <laughs> she just didn't. Like, she, so I don't know. I I feel like Obi Wan wasn't trying to get her to make a move solo. He was saying like, we should do this, but not. I don't know. Didn't shake out so, that way. So are you saying that she attacked Vader way too late and then her plan, like the, the plan fell through? It's, no, it's like she said no to the plan and then did the plan. 
Like, <laughs> like, like Obi-Wan was like, we should totally jump Vader. Like, he'll be chatting at me, and you can just, like, get him from behind. He'll see it coming. Nah, he won't see it coming. Like, he'll be staring at me. But no, she's like, nah, I'm not cool with that plan. But then she's like, oh, wait, Vader's staring at this ship. He is only eyes on him. Now's the time. Like, get out of Drop the ball. She dropped the ball and then she tried to pick back up. <laughs> Roy, what are your thoughts on, on that whole thing? So there's been a few times during this entire series where Obi-Wan has asked for Qui-Gon's help. And I feel like he took more of Qui-Gon's lessons during this particular instance where he's speaking to the door like it's a forbidden lover on the other side. And that's kind of how the scene looked, you know, like they kept flashing behind and they're whispering to each other like it's 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 dirty. But um, so in this instance, when Obi-Wan's talking to her, he's doing it a roundabout way in my mind is he's like saying, hey, we can do this and this is what we should do. But he's just trying to implant the idea of he's going to be weak. He's going to be, this is, this is the moment we can do this knowing that she's not going to follow. Yeah. He is purposely leading by misdirecting. Yeah. And I feel like that's a very Qui-Gon thing to do because that's what Qui-Gon did in a lot of his wheeling and dealings. Qui-Gon wasn't the most, uh, he, he had principles. But at the same time, he knew how to wheel and deal to get what he wanted. He knew how to mess to... with people. Yeah. How to he, like... he, was, he was a consular. Uh, Which... There's three classes of Jedi. So, uh, And I feel like throughout the series, all we mostly get is consulars, the people who talk. You hardly ever see the Guardian types or the Sentinel types until later in the series i i think okay and the whole reason i'm bringing this up is because this is kind of the episode and the time in kenobi's life where he realizes that and he says it in a new hope there are alternatives to fighting mm -hmm. and i think at this point he's realizing that he is not as strong in the force as he used to be he cannot take on vader he probably can't even take on reva because she is kind of a badass and she's young and she's spry and she's full of freaking vengeance and hate and all sorts of stuff. Like you learn all sorts of things about her and her backstory in this. In, in a matter of five minutes, you know, we learn that basically, yes, Justin and I have been talking about um, Reva being the one youngling from the beginning of the show and that she was the one to grow up. But what you didn't realize was that she hid amongst her friends that were dead and like basically had to play dead while her friends around her died when she was like, you know, nine, 10 years old. And so like, like I had brought up, I really think that because that, um, because she was that young lady, because she witnessed Anakin, she knew that Kenobi was her, was his, um, master, you know, was his trainer and w always would blame Kenobi or would have blamed Kenobi for so long 
and also would want to like get Kenobi to help her in a way. Um, that was kind of what I had had said in like, last week and the week before that I really think Reva was looking for Kenobi to actually get him to help her defeat Darth Vader. Um, but it it kind of worked out where Obi-Wan and her maybe used each other in a way. Like, Obi-Wan used her to get away and she used him to bring Darth Vader. You know, you know what I mean? She, she used him to actually get face-to-face with Vader. I mean, you see it in, I think, the second episode or... Maybe it's the third episode, the episode right after Reva kills the Grand Inquisitor, kills the Grand Inquisitor. Um, And they say, you know, she goes and she says, I just spoke to Vader, to her little, her little brethren or whatever. And they're like, oh, you spoke to him? Like, it's such a, a weird thing for the Inquisitors to actually speak to Vader. Like, the Grand Inquisitor was the only one that would speak to Vader or be in his presence. And so her joining the Inquisitors and being a part of that was her way of getting close to Vader and trying to find a way to get him. Um, so again, I, th- I think it was, I think it was really cool how they wrapped this whole thing up, full circle. How you know Reva ends up being the youngling and she's actually looking for revenge, and then Obi Wan is kind of using her to to get what he needs because again there's alternatives to fighting and he just got his mm. ass handed to him by vader and so i i do like the whole story progression of reva and how it kind of i guess you could say ended at the end of this episode um obviously we get her finding the device that what first of all why does bail organa send a message to Kenobi that mentions the boy and and all and all that like why there's there has to you know there's one thing I took away from this this scene particular when she finds that message and all of the messages Bale has ever sent throughout the series of Star Wars there's one conclusion I came to that man will never cheat on his wife because it will be leaked super fast. <laughs> so he he has like no filter. He needs like a uh, a spec ops release form for like everything he's gonna put out. You just need someone to follow. He's just him. not smart about it. Yeah, you just need someone to follow him around and be like, no bail, no no no. <laughs> <laughs> It needs a PR person just like Trump did. Uh, Bill Organa is, well, not Trump, but he's got the same, you know, social media presence where he's like, oh, I probably shouldn't have put that out there. That candid attitude of, I could say whatever I want. At least Bale's DMing it and not tweeting it for the world. (laughs) It's true. Uh, Jesse asks, why didn't Vader pull the second ship down, which launched almost comically quickly? Um look man it takes a lot of energy to use the force it takes a lot of strength to do that sort of stuff um and to pull a ship down from from going fast would be very tiring not not to mention he pulled it down slammed it to the ground and then ripped open the the whole ship and like by the end of, by the time he's ripping open the ship you can actually hear him kind of grunting 
It was like mm-hmm. it was like listening to tennis. <laughs> and I think by that time he was super tired. <laughs> God damn it. You're such, a, horrible. such a troll. <laughs> no, so he says, so, so you're saying he was out of midichlorians. Yes, he had to replenish his midichlorians, eat some fruit or whatever it was to replenish his things. Justin, you had something you wanted to say, and then we'll go to Roy. Um, He definitely had the energy to pull it down. I thought, I thought he sensed uh, Riva trying to come up behind him, so he's just trying to play the, the fool. Or, or maybe opinion. regain a little bit of strength before he has to just mm-hmm. <laughs> whoop yeah, her. Possible. <laughs> Do you think the blue milk helps replenish your midichlorians? Is that like midichlorians' <laughs> favorite food, blue milk? It's midichlorite. Midichlorite. lights. It's kind of what, what did crave. you have to say? Uh, so I was kind of going to equate um vader pulling down that ship so there is the star wars tabletop role-playing game right Mm -hmm. and in the game you can pick force users jedi jedi consular uh force adept and stuff and you gain the ability to use these powers and you can roll to use your skills and if you roll high enough yes you can pull down a ship right well here's where it gets um here's where it comes into play so say you roll high enough to pull down this ship the more force power you expend in the game the more effects it has on your hit points or exhaustion levels of body so if i roll high enough and i'm able to pull that ship down right and say it's a dc 30 check and i hit it that dc 30 has a stereotypical eight die six damage to yourself Right. And if you have 45 hit points and you're now rolling eight die six, well, that's that's 42 hit points. Right. That you could do to yourself. So it it drains away Mm -hmm. your strength as you're trying to do something extremely difficult. A DC 30 is something that is very hard to achieve at a low level. Now, Vader's probably, you know pretty high level at this point but it's still exhausted for him yes um, that would be the best way i could equate how tiring that would be and there's also the mention of uh star killer pulling down the ship in the force unleashed games mm-hmm. i believe that also tuckered him out a little bit um but if you go way back to the jedi academy trilogy from the 90s um there's actually a scene where one of the Jedi that is in the new temple of Yavin 4, he basically pulls down a Star Destroyer and destroys it like with the Force, and it kills him. Like He had to use so much Force power and stuff that he actually died from it. It was like Luke using so much Force power to transfer his projection across the universe that it killed him. Um, but that, that's kind of another reference point for pulling ships down. What's up, Roy? In the ECU, wasn't there a group of like force adepts or cultists or whatever that tried to alter the course of a moon? I uh, think wasn't that like didn't Chewie die at some point? Did yeah, that, that was that was in the the New Jedi Order. Oh. That I didn't I did not read the New Jedi Order at all. 
I read like the so first good. two books of that, and then I didn't. I need to get into it because I, I do want to know more about the Yusen Vong. But um, I there was a lot of crazy shit that happened in those books, and I would not be surprised yeah. if that's something. I, that happened. There was like a cult, if I'm right, that used the power to alter the course of a moon by very little, and it ended up killing everyone that was involved. Okay. But it was to throw off like some gravitational pull or something so a ship would be sucked in or And that that I, was when Chewie so died. Long. That was when Chewie yeah. died, huh? Okay, yeah. So that would have been It's been so long since I've re- read that. Okay, what about New star. Jedi Order? And I believe it would have been the Agents of Chaos Part 1. Is it? I thought it was Star by Star. Or maybe mm-hmm. maybe Star by Star is when another super important character dies. My mistake. It looks like Jeff says a gravity well pulled the moon down, which also lands on Chewie. Okay. We should go back and read those books. We are going to start that cool little book club about the Thrawn trilogy here in, in a little while. Um, so maybe yeah. we can go up and in, into some old um, Legends stories after we do that. They're really good. I, I enjoyed those fun. books. And then, like, the whole storyline after the Vong is dealt with, where it's, like, Jaina and Jason and the aftermath, mm-hmm. like, Super cool. Yep. Super cool. Yep. So I had just one other thing I kind of wanted to talk about um, as far as this episode goes. We, we've pretty much dissected the whole thing, all the all the good stuff, except the scene with Ned B and Tala. Um, this is the, the base is under siege. The stormtroopers are coming in. This is after, you know, Reva and Obi-Wan have had their little chat between the wall and... The you know Reva does this cool move where she puts the lightsaber through the door, blah blah blah. Um, but during this siege, they have to close the door off to keep the stormtroopers out. You know, typical stuff. And Tala gets shot, and Ned B gets shot a lot. It was very. This this was the scene that I that I teared up in a little bit. I didn't like fully tear up, but I got a little misty eyed because it was so like what's what's the I think sad isn't isn't the word that does this scene justice because there's there's a lot of like love in this. Like that droid Ned B really cared for Tala and and it harkens back to the episode where, you know, Leia says, What if they have something to say? And what if, you know, what if Ned B had something to say here in this scene when he's getting blasted and then, you know, trying to say his last words or something. But the the real sad part about this is his last words were protecting Tala. It was kneeling down and covering her from all the fire so that she would be okay. Um, which I think once she realizes that, like once he powers down and, and dies... Um, she realizes that and like starts breaking down. It's kind of when I was like, Oh my God, why is it that droids make me so sad in this show and in any star Wars? Why, why is it that the droids are always pulling the heartstrings and getting the tears to flow? I mean, look at K2SO and rogue one, man, I bawled when he got taken out because he was great. He was, and he like, cared he wanted things to succeed and he was like part of the alliance um i just i really love the 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 droid i don't know the the ai kind of 
the fact that that they treat the droids like actual creatures in in Star Wars that they treat them like actual kind of people you know what I mean it's it's very it's very cool and it's and it's fun when we get to see these scenes um where you remember that you remember that droids are actually real real people um chip what did you think about the whole that that whole siege scene like what what was your favorite part you know did you were you as sad about ned b like what what do you what do you think um i i wasn't as sad about ned b it didn't really hit me in the same way uh I'm just always struck whenever, like nowadays, whenever I see a thermal detonator actually get used. Because when I was a little kid, like I thought, like when she walks into Jabba's palace with that thermal detonator, I was like, oh, thermal detonator, that's like a nuke. She's going to put a hole in this crater. No, it's it's just a hand grenade. So, like, I, so, like I'm always a little disappointed when I see a thermal detonator explode and I'm just like, oh, okay. Not I mean, that it, big it, and impressive. It, it, it wipes everybody <laughs> it's a out. Pretty though. big hand grenade. It, like disintegrates. Yeah, everybody. yeah. But when I was a little kid and you saw everybody's reaction, like I thought it was a huge, massive, like thing. I got it. Well, it, it, okay, it is. I mean, uh, if you ever played the Kotor games, throwing a thermal detonator was like horrendous damage in that game. Um, yep. it, it outmatched like 90% of all the other grenades in that game. So hmm. it's still got a really large radius and it, yeah, incinerates everything around it. Um, See, I, what if the, the, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I, just, I just say, uh, what I, I also the... agree with chip, uh, Jesse and I agree with chip that we thought they were like tiny little nukes. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. What if you change the sound of a thermal detonator detonator going off to the seismic charge? Just that. I think that's kind of what we all thought thermal detonators were. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I going going back to the the nuke thing. I kind of think that that's as a kid what I thought the thermal detonator would do is just and just wipe out the whole asteroid belt. You know. Go for it, Roy. Uh, Jesse brings up a good point. Did you guys say who played Ned B, or do we know? Did I miss that? Um, was was that Kevin Smith? It was not Kevin Smith. Po- contrary to per- popular belief, it was not Kevin Smith. Um, there was uh, there was a guy. They they just announced him recently who was in the actual suit. Um, it was not Kevin Smith in the suit. It is a funny joke because Ned B is silent and Kevin Smith plays Silent Bob. So okay. that is a lot of the reason why people <laughs> made that joke. Um, but no, I will try and find out who actually plays him. Um, but there, there was a picture of him with the like whoever it was with his mask off standing next to Tala. And, you know, my my second watch through of this scene, like the first scene, yes, I got I was sad it, it hit but second scene like i watched it and i was like pointing out things and kind of making fun of them in my head and i just i i don't know why but like when ned b is leaning over and everything you're like 
he's protecting her. And I'm just thinking Nidby's leaning over and he's just like, you killed me. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you killed me. If it was Kevin Smith, though, that would be the perfect scene for for Silent Bob to talk, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To give his like his words of wisdom (laughs) at that point. Um, I'm still trying to find it. Now I can't find it. It's not on any sort of IMDb or anything. Oh, I had one more thing about that siege scene that I noticed. Uh, did anybody else notice that, uh, Ice Cube's son, I forget the character name. I just cannot remember it. Uh, that dude, he had a, yeah, broken. He had a bowcaster. Yeah. Hmm. I thought oh. that was kind of cool. It's the only time I've seen a bowcaster that wasn't a Wookiee using it. I, I think that cool. is the first time we ever really see that, other than when Han Solo shot oh. it in Episode Seven. Yeah, but we all knew whose it was. Right, right. And also, he's he never shot that before. I don't know. It's a question I've always had. You really never shot Chewbacca's bowcaster in the entire time that Chewie had you as a pet. He never let you shoot his gun. <laughs> I thought, um, yeah, that was another thing that I misinterpreted when I was a kid. I thought a bowcaster was like a Wookiee weapon because it required strength. Like I thought, like I thought you had to pull that thing back and it projected a uh, blaster bolt at a higher rate of speed. <laughs> that would have been cooler. I feel like. I had an, uh, a thought that we kind of overlooked and it goes back to Reva and Obi-Wan at the door. And I don't think I've ever seen a lightsaber cut through a door that fast. Like she just sticks oh, yeah. it through and then well, pulls up and it's unlocked. They it's also almost, been... It was already almost blown yeah. away. Like, yeah, yeah well, it had still, that big ass cannon. I mean, still though you see it go through bulkheads and stuff like that. And it still takes a long time for those to burn. It almost makes me think that the camera wasn't painting on her, but she had it pressed up against the door. Like she was pushing it in Mm. ready for it just to go through, but it was also on the seam. So (laughs) it just seemed odd that it went through so quickly and so smoothly. My, I, I chalk it up to I, the blaster being like going through the wall because it got yeah. hit a lot with the mm-hmm. with that big gun. It's hot. What I thought was weird that was like she stabs her saber through, drags it down once, and like for some inexplicable reason that like triggers the entire door to slide open. Like that's what really got me. I was like, what? <laughs> she just like popped it open like a butter knife and a hinge. Like, what? Well, like well, what is? She she popped it open it. and then it started to open a little bit and Obi Wan blasted her with the force and I think that popped the door open a lot quicker too because mm, okay. he just like okay. pushes her out. Um, so it was Nedby was played by his name is Dustin Kathomer Kathomer he he was in the New Mutants and Glee and also a child actor in the Bold and the Beautiful. Oh, relatively now I, gotta, now I gotta look this up All relatively right. unknown actor he was smiling man in the new mutants i don't remember him oh, but that's the 
He was just in makeup the whole time. You never see his face. Yeah, right. So, okay. One more thing. Oh, sorry. Go for it, Justin. I was just going to comment on, like, the lead-up to the entire martyrdom from Tala was uh, really awesome. I, we, I haven't seen a, a Stormtrooper horde swarm a uh, rebel base in a long time. I want to say since uh, Empire. So that like like visually that was cool how they panned up and got a bird's eye view like that whole scene was awesome. A lot of those shots with the stormtroopers were really cool, and a lot of the shots with them breaking into the base were also excellent. That's a, that's a good point to bring up. Um, I think the last point to bring up that we haven't really talked about yet at all before before we move on to segments is the Grand Inquisitor. Oh boy, is he back! And oh boy, were all those haters on on the social media is wrong. <laughs> Everyone's saying, "How could they break canon like that?" Well, two words, my friends: back to tank. And also, um, the two actor stomachs. Yeah, I was gonna say the actor had announced. <laughs> he kind of spoiled it for everyone that the Grand Inquisitor, his species, has two stomachs. He was on a Jimmy Fallon, I think. Is Jimmy Fallon, maybe Jimmy Kimmel or something. Jimmy and, Kimmel, I think. And they were like, so he died? And he's like, well, he got stabbed through a stomach. And so it basically gave away that he was still mm. alive. Um, but it also kind of kind of makes you think that maybe the, Grand In- the Inquisitor came back and had told Vader everything that happened before Vader had even given Reva the Grand Inquisitor badge. Hmm. I mean, with uh, he he quotes the whole like revenge is the strongest thing to keep you living. Maybe he had the power of revenge to get the second sister. Oh, absolutely! But then, like, yeah. But then, uh, at the same time, I, I was trying to like take a look at his torso, and I don't, I think he's like uh, robotically engineered, a little bit, just like in the book of Boba Fett. With could uh... be. Ming-Na Wen's character. Yep. Well, you kind of you kind of have to assume that's the case with uh, the third sister as well. I mean, the way she strokes her stomach at a certain point when she's in front of Vader. Well, she got stabbed uh, as a child. Like... She got stabbed, and it's reliving that moment. But it's like that kind of wound. Burnt, she only has one stomach. It would it would almost be she would almost have to have some kind of cybernetic surgery to fix that. It's possible. It is possible. That that's that's a good point. Like how did I if, mean, if she actually got stabbed? I didn't I didn't realize she actually got stabbed. I thought that was just her envisioning herself getting stabbed. Um but that that makes a lot more sense and that begs the question if she was stabbed and if she did have implants, who did it? Oh, she was probably abducted to go into the Inquisitor program when they found out she was alive. But they didn't know she. There's no way she knew she was. They knew she was alive. Anakin no, went through there and just tore everything up, and then they left. Because he specifically states during that part, he's like, "You think I didn't know?" Like he probably ordered someone to go back get her because he knew she wasn't dead. And we know that. 
force users were taken in and turned into our inquisitors. It would, yeah. What we'll link we'll link you talking about Jesse. Co- copy paste that link and be I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Um. So yeah, Grand Inquisitor is back though, and he you know kind of gets his revenge, and. Uh, third sister gets shanked basically in one of the coolest fashions ever. We are going to talk about that battle a little bit more in segments, I believe. Um, but was there anything else that you guys wanted to bring up before we move on to this? Who our first bit of segments? I'll start with Chip. No, no, that was that was all the real major points I had, really. Okay. Oh no! Why is it? What? Okay. What about uh, Roy? What What are your other points? So, at the end of this episode, right? We we know that she finds the communicator with Bale's uh, information. I'm wondering. It makes me think back to the comics. I don't remember which one, but Darth Vader is on his ship, and Boba Fett. Uh, appears on the ship after the Death Star has been exploded, the first one. And he finds out, yeah, it was some kid by the name of Skywalker. And that is when Darth Vader learns that he has a son for the first time. You know, oh, it was kept from me, blah, blah, blah. So with this being revealed, I, I don't think Reva knows that it's, his son i'm pretty sure that she doesn't know but the fact that she knows that obi-wan is protecting someone on tatooine now and it's someone important to obi-wan do you think that they might retcon this in somehow of how darth vader knows that Luke is his kid or do you think that she's just going to use it to try and get back in his good graces or try to get back at Obi-Wan? I think get back at Obi-Wan. I think, I think she realizes now that Obi-Wan is protecting some child on Tatooine. Um, and probably I think didn't, didn't they, didn't Bail mention Owen Lars in that little message? He said Owen. Yeah. He says Owen and it breaks up. Yep, and so Reva right there knows which Owen he's talking about because she had threatened an Owen on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. And so I think that she's going there to probably get back at Obi-Wan. Not knowing why, just knowing that Obi-Wan and, and Owen have some sort of history. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's going to kind of be the uh, the end of this. But, what if she gets there and finds out that the kid's name is Skywalker? Well, then she absolutely has to die. Well, yeah, yep. she absolutely has to. But <laughs> at that point, it's like she has knowledge that only a few people in the yep the galaxy do. Until she dies. And then the knowledge dies. And Obi-Wan's going to kill her? See, and that's, that's the, the interesting thing. Starlight um, pick will kill her. Oh, is it shoots her in the back of the head when she's not ready? Is it going to be him killing her or is it yeah, is it going to be Owen or is it going to be Obi-Wan like getting her to relinquish her dark side, you know, 
habits, I'll say, like to, to give that up. Um, and then she could still possibly be the, uh, the lady from Jedi Fallen Order that guides mm. Cal or whatever his name is. Because I'm pretty sure she was an old force user or something like that. Like she had some old force powers. So there's a lot of different ways they could go with that. Um, I don't think it's going to end with her learning the knowledge of Skywalker. I, I think this is, again, it's what Grand Inquisitor said at the end, you know, revenge can do wonders. I think this is her being like, I need to get some revenge on Kenobi. And that, that would be my guess. Um, Jesse's link that he was talking about is actually pretty cool. It is this guy right here. I really like that <clears throat> um, because obviously it is Obi-Wan walking on a sand dune in the shape of Vader. I think that's really cool. Thank you mm -hmm. for sharing that, Jesse. Um, Justin, was there anything else that you wanted to bring up from this week? Um, all right. At the very end of the episode, uh, uh, Reva and Darth Vader are having a fight. He sort of like mocks her. Takes her her lightsaber, sort of like I, I I thought he broke it in two, so they could both fight each other. I remember that very specifically, but at the end of the scene, you see her crawling, and like only part of it is broken off, and the the whole entire hilt is still intact. Did anyone else notice that? No. Hmm. No, I did not. Um, I think that their lightsabers though can just come apart. Much like Maul's could. Maul's couldn't come apart. His got cut in half. His modified one for later. Oh, out. oh, okay. For like rebels and like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. For the later stuff, he yeah. he did that specifically so it couldn't just be cut in half and ruined. Okay, that yeah. Then yes, um, that would have been. It only happens once before you learn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it only has to happen <laughs> once. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but I I think that he just pulled it apart. And then she could she could put okay. it back together, um, but obviously he he didn't even use his own lightsaber. Oh, the disrespect that he that yeah. Vader gave to that poor lady. Oh my God! He did, oh, it was it was gorgeous. That whole fight scene was just wonderful. I I couldn't I can't get enough of it. Um. <laughs> But all right, so if that's gonna if that's gonna be all, I think we're gonna move on to this first segment here, which is that's right. It's time for the toxic Star Wars tweet of the week. It is kind of my new favorite segment. It took me a little bit to find a toxic tweet this week. Um, it seems like the toxicity has left the building for the most part, which is kind of nice. Like, like people finally just stopped watching instead of constantly talking shit. They just decided to stop watching, which is what most normal people do. Um, but this week, oh, I need to. I decided to to not actually post their uh, their screen names just in case. You know, I don't want to have. I don't want to get anyone coming after me for this. But this one comes from, his name is Brian on Twitter. He posted a video. That, that's a little, just a screenshot basically, but it's a video on YouTube. And he says, 
Another example of how the lame generic musical score used in the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series diminishes the emotional resonance of pivotal scenes, but also betrays a hugely important part of the overall Star Wars experience. And then he posts a video that is the episode one duel of the fates. It's, it's the music from Obi-Wan and Anakin fighting, and it's the music, uh, that music behind Reva and Darth Vader's fight, which it's cool. It's cool to hear it, but we've heard that music before, and there is music mm-hmm. in these episodes that is actually really good. If you go back and, and listen to it and you like hear the music that's being played um, while, while the stormtroopers are entering the base, it's very dramatic. While the stormtroopers are all landing on the planet, there's a lot of really cool like nods and callbacks to the Imperial March music that is still original and it still has some resonance i mean for most people i i I would assume it it has some resonance for me um maybe i'm just a homer over here and that's that's how i how i roll but i i think that that he's a little off the mark here and that he's just kind of wanting more of the uh, he's he's wanting more of the the past i guess um, but Roy, what did you think? Uh, what do you, what do you think about the music? Do you think it misses the mark or do you think, uh, do you think it still, still lands pretty heavy? I think the music does fine and lands heavy this entire episode and the whole series that has done good, uh, to adding that emotion in the background. And I think the guy's lady, it's it's Ooh, a lady, them. yeah, yeah. Late, late. Well, them. John Williams wrote some of the music, and then the lady used a lot of that to create. No, I meant the person who tweeted. Oh, oh, it's, uh, it's a guy. Brian. His name's Brian. Okay, I think he's right <laughs> way off the mark in this aspect because, I mean, it, it's it's not Anakin and Obi Wan's fight. Why would you have their music behind him? It is their own conflict. Thus, the conflict deserves its own musical, its own score accompaniment. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, to call it lame, uh, you know, is uh, I guess my uh, thought would be like, if if you're calling the music lame, one, are you a musical composer? Do you understand how much you know thought and work goes into something like that? And two. If you think it's so bad, why did you just rehash a, a used song behind everything when you said you're using the same lame generic? You're doing the same thing. You're putting another generic song that has already been used behind the fight. It's like, yeah, and and I almost guarantee on. that that he would retort as well. I'm just giving a, an example of how the music can work. And for me, the music doesn't work behind the scene because it's not original because it's from episode three and so yes you like it's it's good it's a good score and it probably would work for anything i bet you could put that score of anakin and obi-wan fighting behind any other battle scene where it's emotional and it's still gonna gonna hit you hard right and that that could be maybe his big point is that oh well the music from Star Wars, you could, you know, it's going to hit you anytime you listen to it. But to further that point, if you watch Obi-Wan over and over and over and over and over again, 
Like, I watched all the other Star Wars movies over and over and over and over and over again. That music is absolutely going to resonate with you, and it is absolutely Mm going to stick in your head. And there's no way that it won't, because they have done a wonderful job with it. Justin, what you got? I think... I believe you brought up a uh, uh, something last week where you're planning on watching one one through six all in like one movie take, right? Are you talking like the episodes of Kenobi? Kenobi of Kenobi? Like when it's finished, you're gonna watch it like a movie. Yes. That that may be more enticing because then you see the consistency of all the music mm-hmm. in a row. Maybe that's that's where it's not touching them, but I disagree with it. When you're not, when you're not, when you're watching it once a week and only hearing a little bit of it at a time for, you know, seconds, not even minutes, but seconds, mm-hmm. like you're not, again, like you're not, it's not sticking with you like the other movies and, and shows did because you're, you haven't watched this episode over and over and over and over and over again. Chip, what you got? Any Anything on that? You know, I think. I mean, just more of the same, basically. Um, Phantom Menace soundtrack was like so awesome that people just went out and bought it and played it over and over again. <laughs> like Star Wars always has a good soundtrack, like pretty much all of them. Like even the movies that I wasn't fond of have a good soundtrack. So I mean, I don't know. That's just not a not a good. <laughs> I don't know. There's better targets. Not a good look. If you want to criticize Star Wars, there's better targets than the soundtrack. Yeah. Roy. What's up, balls? Mina. <laughs> uh, there's a funny-ass movie or a YouTube out there it's... where they uh, they subtitle that song and they, they, are, the duel they of the misword fates. it. Yeah, it's freaking hilarious. I think it starts with Corn on the Cob. Corn on the cob. The cob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Roy, did you have something else to fill in there? Yeah, I, w- I was just going to say, you know, I'm going to take uh, the Duel of Fate song and put it to the background of, like, Goku versus Frieza and see if it works like the guy says, you know? If it hits as hard. <laughs> if it, yeah, may- maybe, maybe that entire fight will hit differently with Star Wars music behind it any emotional fight with a good soundtrack like that right yeah that's how it works i would think yeah you're gonna have to have the soundtrack on repeat though to cover the seven hours that goku's charging the spirit bomb (laughs) doesn't matter doesn't matter by the guy's logic it'll work that's funny that's right all right well enough enough toxicity of the week uh for this episode let's move on to the next segment which is he's no good to me dead he will not be permanently damaged it is boba's bounty where we talk about our favorite new character of either this episode or the series so i would like to start with let's start with chip um since you guys are new justin and i choose basically our favorite new character from the episode but i would like to give you guys the opportunity to choose your favorite new character from the entire series whether that be from this episode or any other episode of kenobi why don't you uh give us your favorite new addition chip start with you gosh i like uh i like haja a lot kumail kind of nailed it like he that nailed seems to it. be the, uh, the first the general consensus. 
Yeah, the first time he walked in and started talking, like I knew instantly who it was, even before he took off the cowl. I was just like, oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious. I love Haja. I love that they brought him back in this episode just randomly. Yeah, like... I'm on the run. I live in the shadows. I'm like a real Jedi now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan looks at him like he does the whole, like, points at him like, what, you? How the hell did you get here? <laughs> I did. I did like that a lot. Um, Roy, what about you? Who's what's your new? What's your Boba's bounty for this season? I, I was gonna say the same thing, but I'll go with Roken instead now. <laughs> uh, and it's because you know, is as frustrated and um, worried as Roken is during all of this. Cause he's got all these people in his lives in his hands. He is a good commander. He is keeping his shit together and putting one foot in front of the next. And he keeps going and he's as a commander, he's also willing to take advice to further the cause. Uh, the example is, you know, Obi-Wan, well, I trust her. And he's like, he looks over and he thinks about it for a second. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to trust, trust the Jedi's instincts because they're generally more attuned with this kind of stuff. So he's willing to take that input. And throughout, I think he's only been in two episodes now. Mm-hmm. Three? Two. Maybe? Two. Yeah, it's it seems like he doesn't panic. He keeps his cool. So I really like that about him. Uh, he definitely has a supporting aspect to yeah. him for this series. My my note that I had for him this week was he's such an awesome character. He's just so begrudgingly willing to help. Mm-hmm. And and I like that. Um excellent picks guys. Justin, what <laughs> our our both of our picks are kind of weird cuz we're getting towards the end of the the series and so it's hard to to pick new characters because the characters <laughs> are like totally dying is. now. <laughs> but what you got for this we're, week, Justin? Due to the limited uh, supply, I chose. Oh yeah, <laughs> bringing I, it back. I you're love, st- you're I, sticking with the oh yeah thing. Okay, I am old Hayden, young Anakin. I liked him. I, I was talking shit about the CGI or makeup, but overall, I loved seeing him be that uh, young, arrogant, or more arrogant uh, Anakin. Uh, yeah. The rat tail was the best thing. Like Once I saw that, I'm like, yeah! But uh, that's my character. That's so funny. Justin's taking a page out of my book from a couple weeks ago when Vader was first introduced. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to cheat a little bit, and this is the first time Vader's been in a live-action Disney TV series. So, <laughs> Justin is picking Hayden Christensen because it's the first time he's been in a live-action TV series, which is great. That's great. Great Boom. pick. Mine is not nearly as good as any of your guys's. Um, I literally just picked the Trandoshans. Because we the got to family see family of Trandoshans. Yeah, because we got to see legit good Trandoshans, like Trandoshans that weren't trying to murder everyone or trying to take over the city of Tatooine. Just some Trandoshans that were trying to like just just get on with their lives, man. Just get away from this from this empire. And also, really kind of 
asks and begs the question, are there Trandoshan Jedi out there? Oh, yeah. What? How cool would that be? I thought we saw one in Clone Wars. We probably did. I saw that and I couldn't help but think like the kid reaching up towards the adult Trandoshan and just going like, Clutch Mother! Because... (laughs) Clutch Mother! (laughs) Clutch Mother! Because Trandoshans have clutches. Yeah. Oh, that's... That's good. Good, it, good. It's a family experience. It, yes, correct. <laughs> um, we're Just gonna go. Wait, I bet those Trandoshans try and hijack that ship. <laughs> that, that'd be fun. What are you? What are you showing me? What are you showing me? What does that say? Oh, okay, the Trandoshan with the lightsaber. That's from the High Republic. Yep. Uh, that's from the yep. comics, and you are right. Okay, I do remember him now. He's actually the Jedi Master in the first couple issues Her. of the High Republic. If you haven't read that yet, you really should. Because it's it's a good it's a good series. Now that now that I'm thinking about it, holy cow! Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, it just hit me. <laughs> Old Hayden, young Anakin. Oh yeah. Okay, I, I get it now. I <laughs> like I get what it means now. I'm like I was still trying to piece that together this whole episode. I'm like, wait, wait. This whole time he's like, he said how that. is he like the Kool Aid Man? wow so going back in the chat a little bit the picture that we had shown earlier that jesse had shared with us was from the official star wars twitter account which is really cool um also cameron monaghan is rumored to have signed on to play cal kestis in his own live action disney plus show which would be also super cool he also says this finale better blow my damn mind um i hope it does but Knowing our good friend Jesse, um, it probably won't, and he's going to have a lot of things to say next week when he joins us on Quest Me on Tuesday at 8.30 Mountain Standard Time on YouTube.com slash Twist My Arm Cod- Podcast. Twist My Arm Codcast. What? I'm going to have to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move on to our last segment before ratings because ratings I don't really count as a segment anymore it's just a rating Um, but it is that's right it's time for Kenobi Vision where we talk about our favorite still shot from this week's episode we're going to go in the same order that we just did and start with Mr. Chip Dizzle why don't you go ahead and tell us about your shot uh, my shot of the show was uh, right there uh, pretty much like it was so dope dude Vader throws the saber and Reva's like haha blocked it and Vader's just like oh let me just you know force pull your saber from your hand while simultaneously grabbing the other one he's just outclassed yeah. outclassed it like I said, it was just disrespectful to this poor lady. Like, she had no idea what was happening. I mean, she she had this, like, in her head, she's like, okay, I got him. I got him right where I want him. And he just stops the lightsaber mid-swing and then turns around slowly with his hand up going, ha, not today. You know, and and just pummeled her with the force and that was it 
again, he didn't use his own lightsaber. He used her own lightsaber, which he, you know, split. He's like, here, I guess you can have one of these to fight me with. Like, how? Oh, like you said, embarrassing, disrespectful, just mood killer for her. I mean, it really had to just, mm, really had to hurt her soul. Roy, what she got? So in this particular scene, I think it really shines through with like the the people who became Inquisitors. Yes, they're trained, but they're not trained like Vader and Palpatine. They're not trained like Jedi Knights. They're probably taught a single lightsaber form and like the most basic, which to, you know, a stormtrooper or any commando or anything is still going to cut them in half. Yeah. But in this aspect, your basic form is not going to stand up to somebody who is equivalent to a Jedi master, which, you know, Anakin is trained in, I think like three or four different forms. Yeah. It's a, it's a few different ones. Yeah. Um, And she stood no chance. I mean, plus she's probably taught very basic. Oh, here's force push. Here's force pull. Here's how to do mind trick. That's all you get because there can only be two for the, the rule of two, two masters, at least that could be users, but there can't be masters for sure. Um, and just for reference too, for the people listening in the podcast realm, um, that shot comes at the 32 minute and two second mark. It is the scene right where Vader has pulled the lightsabers apart. Um, no, I'm sorry. He has defeated Reva and is holding the two lightsabers above her while she kneels on the ground. Um, it is a really excellent shot. And again, I'm still, I'm still amazed that none of us picked the, uh, just a spoiler alert. None of us picked the shot where Vader's holding the ship. Crazy, right? Crazy. Um, but let's go on to the next shot of the show which is Roy's, and it comes in at the 35-minute and 25-second mark. Mm-hmm. This shot right here, it, it to me, it spoke volumes because Anakin is just coming into the temple, I, and I feel like this particular moment, he has not actively killed younglings yet. Like, his eyes are not that red and yellow... Uh, Sith look that he had when he entered the chamber that was full of younglings. You know, at that point, he had fully given in to the rage, the the sorrow, everything that makes a, a Sith a Sith. Right. And he went full over the edge in that room full of them. This is, he is still, he, from the expression on his face, it looks like he is still struggling a little bit. And I feel like that's the blue glow that you're getting is like it's darkening on him. So it's like fading from him. Right. And that's how it feels. And this is right before he stabs Reva and Reva is seeing the parallels the first time she's been stabbed and now she's being stabbed as a second time. And I feel like she's seen him before his true fall. And then at his, you know, what he is now, she's seen him for what, what he truly is. Because back then as a youngling, he was a Jedi master in this scene. She was not expecting this. Right. 
And it's kind of, I think this could be the moment where he fully becomes Vader. Vader. I mean, a lot of people could say it was when he cut Windu's hand off and, you know, betrayed the order. But I think most people would agree that the second he kills a child mm. is the second he becomes nothing but evil. A dark lord. Yeah. That is a wonderful pick, sir. Um, I I do like that one. Um, and we have a very, not, not very similar, but, but kind of similar shot coming up here from Justin. I'm just trying to find the timestamp. I don't remember exactly what it was. It was towards the beginning of the episode, right when Vader is looking at the hyperspace. Justin, go ahead and tell us about this shot. Um, it was at 541, but it's Vader. It, it's a it's a picture of Vader standing in the backdrop on his Star Destroyer while it's going through hyperspace. Personally, the, I could just to me, I wanted really this in a picture like an 18 by an 18 blown up on my wall, and I would just hang it there and admire it. Um, nice. I just thought the the contrast from the light or the stars going through hyperspace looked really cool with the dark of uh, Vader and the uh, Star Destroyer. Which is... So visually appealing. Absolutely. Uh, the Star Destroyer is called the Destroyer. <laughs> All right. It's called the Destroyer. I'm sorry, the, the Devastator. My bad. I read that wrong. The Devastator. Uh, oh, I... <laughs> my bad. <laughs> that would have been really destroyer. stupid. Mm-hmm. So Vader's Star Destroyer is called the Devastator, by the way. <laughs> uh, but I, I really... what, what's up, Chip? I was just saying, like, I thought this scene was interesting because, like, apparently staring into the hyperspace void can, like, drive you a little bit crazy. So I thought it was interesting that he just stares into it. And I'm like wondering if he does that all the time or if it's just like he's facing Kenobi because he's heading for Kenobi. But like, I just thought it was interesting. He's staring straight into the void and they say like, don't do that. Who says that? You know, it might be legends at this point. (laughs) It's either in comics or novels, but like there's, there's lore about it. Okay. I didn't. I didn't realize that. I. I don't. I guess I've never heard that. If you stare into hyperspace, it makes you crazy. Uh, Ahsoka did it all the time. Hmm. She, and look at her now. She's a hermit. <laughs> Touche, salesman. Touche. Her all pet right, squirrel right. is very fond of her. <laughs> They're very good friends. But she's talking to her pet squirrel, but it's actually just one of her tentacles to the side. Oh God. Oh jeez. This is my parrot. Well, great picks, you guys. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and go with my pick here. Um I didn't actually write it down, but it's probably one of the very first scenes of the episode. It is right um when Vader is having his flashback and um Obi-Wan comes into the room and says, Are you ready, Anakin? And they get into their kind of fighting stance right right before they clash lightsabers and then you know the flashback goes away um i don't know this just kind of reminds me of of the old days you know it reminds me of being a kid 
and seeing how beautiful Coruscant was, even though it looked very computer animated, it still looked cool. And even to this day, it still looks very computer animated, but it's still <laughs> really cool. And their whole, I mean, they really nailed that episode two aesthetic right here. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's kind of what, what draws me to this scene so much. Cause I, I've, Unlike a lot of people, I was a, a bit of a fan of episode two. Um, it, it had its drawbacks and, you know, I usually skipped the second act, but I still really liked the story of that and how it all went down and and the, the different battles and stuff like that. But th- that, that would be why um, this scene is my favorite for this week because it just really takes me back to, uh, to episode two and, and I'm I'm totally okay with it. So once again, thank you guys for partaking in this week's Kenobi vision and this week's Boba's bounty and this week's toxic tweet. Before we get out of here, I want to do a quick rating. So we're going to rate this. Out of ten Grand Inquisitors. <laughs> so let's start with Chip. What would you rate this episode of Kenobi? Uh I would give it a solid eight. It had a lot. There's good action sequences, good uh good um backstory. Some good character development. They left it open cool. for a good finale, so yeah. Yeah, agreed. Roy, what, what's your what's your rating? You know I'm a sucker for character development, so, and that's pretty much what this entire episode was. And yeah. for me, that struck a lot of chords, and I would honestly probably give this the highest rating out of the series so far, and I would give it a nine. Okay. For me. Okay. And Justin, what about you and your what's your rating? Uh I'm with Roy. I gave it a solid nine. I thought this uh episode had a good twist, it had plot development, it left you with questions still. And uh overall by far my, the best episode that for visual appeals. There's so many shots where I could easily just have it on my wall. But yeah. Solid nine for me. For sure. And I'm giving this episode an eight. Um, it is good. I really liked it. Um, it's not as good as the one that I gave a 9.9, which was two episodes ago. Um, and I'm, I'm still holding that out hope that that 9.9 will stay a 9.9 and that our season finale will be a 10. It'll be a banger. Um, this one was, again, it was, it was a pretty good, pretty good episode. Um, but I would, uh, just have to, have to kind of give it an eight. I I feel like there was some things that happened that took some points off. One of those being Bail Organa sending, sending a message for plot convenience. And the other thing being that the hyperdrive is out for plot, like convenience, I guess. I I just feel like there, there could have been some other directions they could have went with this. Um, and depending on how the series finale goes, this episode, I don't know, it might have set up something terrible. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, so we'll see how it goes. But with those ratings, Quest Me gives episode five of Kenobi an 85%, which is not bad. Um, I think all of our episodes have been around 79 to 86% for the most part. So, Roy, what you got? Now that I'm thinking about it, like the hyperdrive fail and everything, Obi-Wan and Vader are just going to be standing on top of their respective ships shooting force bolts at each other <laughs> as they fly through the space. That'd be cool. Because we know Jedi can survive in space because of Rise of Skywalker. You mean Last Jedi? Last was it last Jedi? And Clone I thought Wars. it was the beginning. I thought it was the beginning of Rise of Skywalker where she goes back. And maybe I am getting them confused. One of the new series proved <laughs> that Jedi can live in space. Yeah. And so did the Force Unleashed, but we don't talk about that apparently. So whatever. Yeah. It's not canon. <laughs> but nobody complained when Star when Starkiller got pushed out of a Star Destroyer window and caught by a droid in space and then brought back to the Star Destroyer. Like, nobody cared about that. Maybe it wasn't in space. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I'm pretty freaking sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think the difference for me was that Starkiller had, like, actual Force abilities and Leia was just, like, like, I don't know. Presumed. Okay. She was trained. They specifically state that Luke trained her. I think she was way too old to begin her training. We're gonna save this conversation for a another day. Maybe maybe when we Wait. flip the script and do a toxic Star Wars podcast, <laughs> we can. Oh, that be coming fun. back. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Coming. Okay. Yeah, you guys are always welcome on Quest Me. Um, next season, we're going to be reading books, Absolutely. though. So if you guys want to get in on that, you'll have to read a book with us. Let's, let's I'll read a goes. book. But <laughs> I'll read the shit out of some books. Um, Tell speaking me of which book, I got to reread <laughs> Cliff's <laughs> Notes. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is pretty much the end of the episode. But before we wrap everything's, everything up, um, I would like you guys to, you know, let let our viewers and listeners know where they can find you, uh, where they can hear more of you, that sort of thing. So, Chip, why don't you uh, let everybody know where, where we can find you? Uh, we are on Instagram. It's at Marvel Cannon Madness. Um, you can find me on Instagram as well. It's uh, at Chip Hop Anonymous. Um, yeah, yeah, that's where we be. That's where we be. I believe Twitter's at MCM underscore pod. That'll all be in the notes. Mm-hmm. But yes. Roy, what about you? I know you got some things coming up and th- coming down the pipeline and things that's going on. Uh, yeah, I have a few things that I'm trying to work on. Uh, I'm kind of on a family hiatus right now. It's been kind of crazy. Uh, some unexpected things that have popped up, and I have been uh, AWOL for a few weeks and it'll probably be a couple more weeks before I get back to normal. So, but if you wanted to get a hold of me or see anything that I've done, you can find me on TikTok at the Intrepid DM, or you can find me uh, on Twitter at Intrepid DM. I also frequent Twitch as my primary source of streaming. So you can find me on there. I do a variety of games. Recently, my son 
Kid DM has been doing stuff for me while I am taking care of family business. Kid so, DM, I love that. <laughs> Kid DM, that's that's the moniker he's been going, and that's what the chatters have been calling him. So, uh, yeah, that's that's primarily where you can find me, and hopefully soon new episodes of the Intrepid DM Journeys podcast will be putting new episodes out. So, awesome! That sounds awesome. great. Chip, you sighed right before we did that. Did you have something that you wanted to? D- did I? Yeah, I I didn't I didn't know if I cut you off or not, but apparently not. It is okay. Intrep kid, I like that. Jesse says <laughs> intrep kid. <laughs> um, I know Justin likes to stay mysterious, and so I won't force Got him it. to give out all of his phone numbers and social security numbers. Um, but for anyone that wants to hear more of me i'm all over the place i'm on marvel can of madness where chip had mentioned at mcm underscore pod i'm on sudden but inevitable at sudden but on twitter where uh this season we're talking about death note um we're about halfway through the series so um it's getting really good and i'm, I'm really enjoying that uh that series like a lot so <laughs> come hang out with us on fridays for sudden but inevitable um and talk about some death note with us Again, we uh, you can find us Quest Me. You can find Quest Me on Twitter at Quest Me TMA. Um, and what else? There's so many things. Twist my arm, like the whole network. That's a whole network of podcasts. Like all of these shows that we've been mentioning are under the same umbrella. If you go to twistmyarm.net, you can find all of the information there. Um, there's a blog with all of the episodes for all the different shows. Um, there's a store there where you can get t-shirts. Um, and there's also a live channel um, where if you don't want to try and find us on YouTube or Twitch or anything like that, you just go to the website, find the live tab, and we will be streaming right there. Um, for those of you that like to use YouTube, youtube.com slash podcast is the best way to watch any of the shows under the Twist My Arm Network. And I think that's... Oh, TikTok. Man, I've been loving the whole stupid TikTok thing. It's been a lot of fun. I had a a weird technical issue with my app this week, so I couldn't get any like content other than my cat out. <laughs> um, but hopefully this next week I will have more content from all of the shows around the network and um, maybe some some predictions from from yours truly or or just whatever. Sometimes sometimes I like to talk. I don't know. TikTok is is kind of fun, but follow us at TMA Network, and that's that's about it. So so for Quest Me, I have been your host, and my name is Josh, and I'm Chip, <laughs> I'm Roy, and I'm Justin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you guys all for watching us again, um, and we're gonna talk to you next week for the season finale of Kenobi. May the Force be with all of you.